Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. And we are live for the second episode of season two of Gamecock Central's The Hard Foul. I am your host, intern Joe Machico. With me is my co-host, Jack Veltry, and then our guest this week, the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Walbaum. Walbaum, how are we doing? We're here. We're here. Mm-hmm. Nice little drawn out to Camden and back tonight. I'm glad it was worthwhile. Yeah, worthwhile indeed as South Carolina women's basketball lands the number two prospect in the class of 2024, Joyce Edwards, like Walbaum said, out at Camden. Walbaum, walk me through. I mean, it was a wild recruitment for Joyce Edwards. Walk me through just kind of that whole saga and everything. Well, um, it was interesting. She she first attended uh, Dawn Staley camp, she said, when she was in the sixth grade, and Dawn wanted to offer her then, but she left before Dawn could give her the offer. So there's been a lot of uh, stops and starts to this whole recruitment process. But um, as uh, I think most people who followed it know, Joyce took a lot of visits. She, as her mom put it, traveled the entire country. They went to Texas, Texas A&M. They went out West. She visited Stanford and um, she wanted, uh, she wanted Joyce to make sure that she was making the right choice, not just, the, the easy one to stay home. Um, as, as we've documented a lot, um, there were different um, assets to the three finalists. Um, Clemson had the uh, major she wants, which is some sort of agricultural engineering. Um, I'm not really familiar with it, so I can't give you too many details about it. Um, uh, LSU, also has a similar major because it's um, they're both uh, state schools. Um, and obviously we've heard a lot of rumors in any window about the uh, NIL offers that LSU's made. Um, so there was all that on the table and Amanda Butler's done a really good job at Clemson of taking what could be a negative and spinning it into a positive, which is that it's, it's a small program in a small town and she's she's done a really good job of making it a family atmosphere and she's recruiting really well and that appealed to Joyce <clears throat> but ultimately there were she said there were two things that uh really swayed her decision and one of those was um as our our message board posters figured out was the uh South Carolina Honors College allows you to create your own major and even though South Carolina doesn't offer the agricultural engineering major that Joyce wants, she can create her own major and, and accomplish the same thing. And someone, I, I don't remember who, so I can't give them credit, but someone noticed that Dawn Staley was wearing a South Carolina Honors College hat after the Maryland game and, uh, and was wondering if that was a message to Joyce. And in fact, it was that uh, she was, uh, she's going to 
create that major through the honors college. Uh, Joyce attended the game on Sunday against Maryland. And she said that uh, she talked to Asia Wilson at halftime and she's talked with the freshies before. And after the game, she realized she knew, she said, she said it out loud for the first time. She knew that she wanted to go to South Carolina. She told Dawn after the game, um, she said, Dawn looked like she was going to cry tears of joy. And then she got worried that Dawn's going to be mad at, uh, at her for spoiling her uh, iron facade. Um, but that was when she made the decision. Dawn's been able to keep the secret for a few days. Um, interestingly, Chloe Kitts was at the signing ceremony and Joyce did not even tell Chloe they're, uh, you know, they're best friends. They played together. So it was a, a not quite down to the wire recruitment, but it was pretty dramatic. Um, and, but as always has happened in the last few years, uh, the, the, best talent stays home in place for South Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, very big signing in Joyce Edwards. And I was wondering what that hat was. I saw Don wearing and I'm like, what is SCHC? People give her lots of gifts and she gets lots of sort of, you know, one-off outfits and, and logos and stuff. And, and I just thought it was one of those, but, uh, but yeah, it was the uh, South Carolina honors college hat. So always be crouton. Yeah. Jack, you got anything on the Joyce Edwards situation? I think it's awesome. Chris, a uh, hell of a job going out there and uh, getting out to Camden and, and giving us some good reporting for GC. Um, yeah. It's a big commitment, right? Uh, five-star, you know, five-star recruit. Um, just another day in the office for Dawn Staley. Um, I haven't been following the team as closely as Chris has been, obviously, on a day-to-day basis. But it really does seem like a great pickup uh, for Dawn, and um, yeah, it's it's going to be a going to be a good uh, good pickup for them. Yeah, Joyce has uh, been a consensus top two recruit in this class for three or four years now. Um, there's There's been some back and forth. Uh, at one point, Jelani Cambridge took over the top spot, and then Joyce and Sarah Strong have been sort of back and forth over the last year, year and a half. But uh, it's, you know, like I said, consensus top two. She might be number one when it's all said and done. Who knows? Um, and uh, I was uh, going back. It's the fourth top two prospect that Dawn has signed. Uh, the first was Kelsey Bone, then Everyone remembers Asia, and then we tend to forget that Raven Johnson was the number two overall recruit. So, um, you know, it's not an outlier. (laughs) Yeah, like Jack said, just another day in the office. Um, Getting into – I mean, you brought up Raven Johnson, and let's get into, I guess, this year's team. Raven leading the way at the point guard position, but obviously Malaysia full Wiley, I believe. That's how you say her last name. Yeah, I'm going to have to learn how to say it. Yeah, absolutely. So she's been dominating too as, as a freshman off the bench, but Raven being the veteran. Um, well, bomb. Uh, obviously Don Staley played guard. What are you seeing from the guards on this team and what, ex- what should excite you um, as a South Carolina fan watching this team? Oh, everything should excite you. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, you know, I, I expected them to be good this year. I, I expected them to be in contention for another Final Four. They've blown all my expectations out of the water. They've looked incredible 
the first two games. And and I, I did a story uh, Monday. Brenda Freeze, the Maryland coach, said they're better than that last year. And when Brenda Freeze says that, it it means something because Maryland's played South Carolina every year since 2016. So she's seen uh, all but most of the Final Four teams. She's seen both national championship teams. She saw 36 and one. When she says it's the best team, you know she's 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 got uh, credibility there. They uh, <clears throat> they aren't as deep as they've been in the in some previous years. But we've seen before, it's not just with depth, it's not just numbers, it's how the pieces fit. Yeah. And there have been a couple of years where the pieces, they had more bodies, but the pieces didn't quite fit together as well as they are right now, or as well as they did in 2019, 2020. Uh, they've just got one through probably nine is practically interchangeable. And so when they when Dawn can substitute, it, they're not losing anything, but they're, they can change their style. You know, Maryland did a really good job defending Camilla Cardoso and taking her out of the game. Yeah. You know, they, they can't, they can't guard her one-on-one because they're not big enough, but they did a great job of getting under her on defense and on offense. They, they actually had their center. They don't really have a center, but their five was running point guard for a while and it got Camilla in foul trouble. So Don just took Camilla out, put in Ashlyn Watkins, who has no problem running around the three-point line, and that was when they started to separate. Um, as far as the guards go, again, I, I think uh, because of her injury and because of her slow start last year, we kind of forgot that Raven Johnson was the national player of the year as a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. When she came in as a freshman, they were expecting – her to play major minutes that that season behind destiny henderson who was a you know we all know what she did in the championship game and they still expected raven johnson to eat into her minutes so it was a you know it was a torn acl those take take one to two years to really get over this was her first off season actual off season in the program she's she looks a lot trimmer than she did last year um i think it's just this is this is who she was in high school. This is why, you know, going back when she signed, she said she's the big birdie in the nest. And this is why. This is what she does. And she's got great help around her. Uh, Tahina Pow Pow's a great just compliment. I mean, she's a great player on her yeah, own. Yeah. As a compliment to what Raven does, she's more of a spot-up shooter. She's not, not quite as uh, uh, fast pushing the pace. Um, but she's, you know, she was a first first team All Pac-12 performer, and yeah. at a time when the Pac-12 was the best conference in the country. So, I think because because it was Oregon, because it was on the West Coast, I don't think people in our time zone realized how good she was and how good a player South Carolina was getting. Because she's she's she can shoot, she can score off the dribble. You know, she's not a Zaya Cook type, but she can still, you know, take a couple dribbles, pull up, hit a floater, and she can distribute. So they've got a one-two uh, punch at point guard where when Raven sits down for a breather, they just slide Pow uh, Pow over and they don't lose anything. And then you go to, uh, like you said, Full Wiley's stolen the show and yeah. uh, and and rightfully so, she's 
she does things that other players can't do. Um, but don't sleep on Tessa Johnson. I've been singing her praises ever since uh, she first committed. She's um, she she had a severe, uh, very unusual injury. She had a fractured femur. So um, that <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly. not so good. No. <laughs> No, but um, and no one knows how it happened. That's the fun part. You like fractured femur, yeah, some crazy story there. No, it's just a stress fracture. Anyway, she missed her entire junior season of high school, and so she kind of uh, dropped dropped out of the national picture with recruiting because of that. Um, but but she USC got in got involved with her. She just she said she fell in love. It was love at first sight when she watched USC play. And then when she saw them, uh, she's from Minnesota. She saw them at the Final Four, and she's like, "This is where I want to go." First cat cameo. I, that there took it is. Yeah, we love that. That's <laughs> a well bombs cat. <laughs> um, uh, but she was. Uh, it, it was a you know a case of you you put your best player at point guard. She was their best player. She played point guard in high school, and I think what has really set her maybe put her ahead of where we all thought she'd be right now is that experience because she's not, she doesn't just look to shoot. She looks to create plays. And if the best play is, is for her to shoot, then she shoots it. So, uh, and her defense was, was a liability at first. And you can, you can see that she's put in a lot of effort uh, to get better on defense because if, you know, you don't play defense, you don't play. So she had, uh, I think she had seven steals through the first two games, something like that. But it's just, again, it's just they, you know, full Wiley did not play that well uh, Sunday. Um, no, she did. I think she, you know, first home game, I think she was uh, putting a little too much pressure on herself because she was a little too aggressive early and gotten some foul trouble. Yeah. And um, but you know if you're gonna have a bad game and still have I think 12 points, uh, three steals, two assists, something like that, that's a pretty good off game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. And like one thing I'm seeing with this team, well, bomb. If you correct me if I'm wrong, but like it feels like anybody in this roster, with the exception of Sonya Ja and Sakima Walker, if I'm I, again, I hope I'm saying that right, but yeah, Sonya um, Ja. With the exception of. Yep. So my, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, it's there's so many names on this team, and especially yeah. with the new ones, Tina Pal Pal, um, another new face, doing well, leading the team in minutes, average minutes played per game. Dawn really wants her, obviously, to be something for this team. She averaged double digits in points for Oregon um, throughout her career, even as a freshman. Uh, so that's a very big addition. I think also too went under the radar a little bit, and now she's showing why. Um, you know why she should have been i mean obviously going to south carolina isn't you know flying under the radar necessarily but um you know was overlooked and necessarily in terms of like the national recruiting transfer portal cycle she she signed really quickly it was mm -hmm. kind of a she she told me uh i i asked her if she watched the final four against iowa because obviously her her biggest strength is her three-point shooting and um she she pretty much told me that that she she did watch the game and she's like they're a three point shooter away from a championship. Yep. I'm a three point shooter. She pretty much knew where she wanted to go. She didn't know she wanted to go to South Carolina initially. She didn't know that she'd get offered, 
But as soon as she entered the portal, Dawn reached out. And, and pretty much at that point, she, she kind of knew this was where she wanted to go. Mm-hmm. She took the visit. Her family loved it. That That's a big, big deal for her is what her is, you know, they, they do things as a family. Um, and so anyway, she, she signed pretty quickly and pretty yeah. quietly. And I think because she didn't draw it out, uh, not being critical of players who did draw it out, it's, you know, it's an important decision, mm-hmm. but because she signed so quickly, uh, I think she kind of flew under the radar because there was no drawn out drama with, as there was with other players. So while everyone was focused on, on some other players mm-hmm. forgot about, Oh, there's a three time all pack 12 point guard that can shoot threes that just signed with a team who has trouble shooting threes, but still went 36 and one last year. Yeah, it's it's crazy to say that this team is better than last year's team. And one thing I've noticed as long as I've been around here covering Don Staley's teams is that as soon as they go to the Final Four and don't do it, be ready for the next year because they're coming with a vengeance. There's, I, I've noticed there's there's a vengeance that there's yeah. an extra like when when someone makes a play, I'm surprised that they don't get hurt from all the the slapping and chest pumps and and there's an intensity to uh, so far two games, two games, but there's an intensity that wasn't always there last year. Um, I think there were times last year when the, uh, these like the stress of being under, like you knew they were favored in every game. And um, sometimes when they won, it was a relief. And I, I talked to Olivia Thompson at the Final Four, and and I told her it was off the record, so I won't say exactly what she told me. But, but uh, I asked about the pressure, and she said, "Yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure, and it's it's like everybody feels it." And I think that pressure's gone. Well, the pressure's definitely gone this this season, and I think there's a they're playing with a different kind of energy again through two games. Yeah. Absolutely. Jack, you got anything else for, for well bomb? Cause what a, what a day for Carolina, man. <laughs> um, we'll get, we'll get to men's hoops here in a few, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, just it's good. It's good to see both teams kind of going in the right direction here. Cause you I mean for years now, it's been like women's basketball has been the standard for college basketball um, on the women's side, at least. But then the men's, it's like, you know, you got Lamont Paris, new coach, South Carolina kind of struggled last year. Can they bring in the commitments? But, um, with you know, who we'll talk about here shortly, uh, definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Jack, I believe, has some dinner on the way or something like that. So we will get to him in just a second. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, well, Bob – kind of wrapping things like we'll we'll talk about I guess a little bit more about this team and then uh also work our way into kind of the future what what is left and the schedule and obviously big one against Clemson we were at the game last year um for Clemson obviously yeah. that was a big breakout win. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk to, to Clemson <laughs> and the rest of the schedule in, in a second but um one more person a couple of people I want to bring up obviously Chloe Kitts had a very big game against Maryland um she's going to be be very big in my opinion for the depth side of things and also just being one of those players like I said just ready to like just dominate at any any moment's notice just 
when when whenever's needed um and Camillo gets Camillo gets knocked or locked up a couple games um you need your kind of streaky and spot players to be able to step up at a big moment and Chloe Kitts and um I will say Ash Ashton Watkins Sonia Fagan all good role players for Don Staley's squad yeah I've uh I've been the I was a big believer in Chloe Kitts. I thought that she was ranked 17th in her class, but I thought that she probably should have been top 10, maybe even top five, because what what she does, she, you know, in in the rankings, it they tend to get uh, overly focused on uh, can you know, is, are you tall? Can you shoot? Yeah. Or you know, is there one thing that really stands out? And she doesn't have that one thing, but she's she is always where the ball is. She's got that innate ability to be in the right place at the right time. And and she's uh she's added a lot of muscle. She's grown a couple inches uh since she got on campus. She's taller than she was last year, she's stronger than she was last year. So I think I think we're starting to see uh, this is close to the Chloe that we saw in high school that, that she, she's uh, changed. She's grown, she's grown from being a wing to a four more or less. Um, so that's changed a little bit, but otherwise just the skill set, she can do everything. She's a good passer. She's a good rebounder. She's a good shooter. So you can move her around, you know, she can stretch the floor. Um, she, she's a good ball handler. She can grab the rebound and start the break. She's, you know, she's the perfect in terms of talent and ability. She's the perfect glue player. And then um, I think, uh, and and the other thing with her is, uh, you know, she's another one that we kind of, kind of forgot about because things didn't go the way she expected when she enrolled early. And uh, I think we were all, all of us a little bit guilty of, of focusing more on what went wrong for her last year than what had gone right for her, you know, throughout her high school career. Um, and then Ashlyn Watkins is, you know, everything I just said about Chloe, you, I could say about Ashlyn, yep. except change, change the shooting to can jump out of the gym. Um, she's, you know, she's had to learn. She's had to learn how to play within the system a little bit, which is normal. Um, she's had to learn, sort of. You know, she's had that that sort of transition of you know now you're going up against uh, opponents who are going to push back. You know, she didn't see a lot of that in high school. Um, and and, but I think we saw what she can do and probably will do, you know, I don't think it was an outlier what she did against Maryland with the double, double where she's grabbing rebounds. She's getting put back. She's start, she can, you know, again, she can grab the rebound and start the break. She can make passes. She had a couple of fantastic passes. Uh, One was to Raven for a three. One was to pow, pow for a three. The one to pow, pow. I have no idea how she even saw her because the other complete other, she was facing, one way and pow pow was directly behind her on the other end, the other side of the court. And she still hit her for three. And yeah. the, the, the pass to Raven for a three was off of, they have this, uh, this out of bounds alley-oop play that they like. And, and she got shoved off of her spot a little bit and was able to recognize that she got shoved off because of a double team. And she just 
you know, audible and kicked it out to Raven for three. So, you know, she, who knows what her ceiling is. It's very high, but I think, you know, a 13.11 rebound double double is a really good game. And that's, I think we're going to see a lot of those. And then you've got, those are two sophomores. And then then you add Joyce Edwards is, is right. She's the same style of player as those two. Um, She's maybe a little smaller um, than either one. She's not as uh, strong as Ashlyn. She's a little shorter than Chloe, um, maybe a little more athletic than Chloe, but she's, she can do everything. She can rebound. She's, she's a little raw offensively, but you know, that'll, that'll come. Hopefully what they're hoping it'll come. It should come. Um, she she talked about that tonight actually that her her big focus is improving her shooting um she gets a lot of garbage points which is a good thing you know that they count the same <laughs> um and she is just an elite defender so they're they're looking at next year being able to run out of front line of of Chloe Joyce uh Ashlyn and that's three players that are as as talented and as athletic as any frontline players in the country. So yeah. it, they've and they're versatile. They're, that's the the other big change that that's happened in the the past couple of years is is they they played a very traditional lineup last year um and the rest of basketball's changing and Dawn's changing with it. You know, this is not that same traditional lineup. This is a very versatile, flexible lineup with, you know, a lot of people can play a lot of positions um, and you can move them around and do different things on different possessions. So it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is really fun to watch. And I mean, Dawn obviously has them rolling fundamentally everything is looking good for this team. And it's like you said, it's crazy to think that this team could be better than last year's team after all the hype that they got and then ran into a really hot Iowa team. Like that team could have easily gone the distance had Iowa not been as hot shooting wise. Yeah. I think I do, th- you know, it's the, the recency bias and, and, you yeah. know, it's a, I said a few times, USC picked a bad time to have its worst game of the season. Cause yep. that was the worst game they played all season. Yeah, if they had even an average game, they would have won. But but that's what's in everyone's mind. Um, you know, it's the last thing everyone saw from South Carolina. And and the funny thing is, the funny thing on on Sunday was someone asked uh, Chloe about whether or not uh, she felt like she was trying to you know avenge last season. And Tessa jumped right in and answered and Tessa and and she's like, Yeah, we're totally, you know, trying to uh silence everybody that doubted us after that. It's like you weren't on the team. Yeah. <laughs> so there's they all feel you know, they all feel it. They all they all want to how should I say they're all it's all connected. They one yeah. thing Dom's done a really good job of, um that this university is known for doing the opposite. Um, she's done a really good job of creating a line between her first players through the next generation, through the next, through the next, 
Mm-hmm. Old players, the old players are always coming back. She's always uh, keeping up with them. If you you know on social yeah. media, so there's the players past, present, future all feel this same shared identity, and I think that really helps. It helps that helps with recruiting. Yeah, but it also helps with. You know, this is this was supposed to be a down year, but because yeah. you know that <clears throat> just because the the freshies are gone, their impact is still there. Yep. Yeah, and that's what I. I mean, that's how you build a dynasty, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and the way that they are like, obviously, last year's team was really good, but um, you know, follow the years following a, a disappointing year or a trip to a final four, which I, I mean, for most teams in the country is, you know, a success, but for the South Carolina team, losing in the final four, not going all the way is a disappointment, but the way she keeps following up after not going the distance just proves to you that there is a, like Wellbaum said, a direct line and she's going to continue getting good players in, um, mm-hmm. as, as long as she's the coach at South Carolina, there won't be a problem. I feel like a broken record. I've been saying this uh, constantly the last two weeks. It's, you know, for someone who uh, allegedly can't recruit, the uh, last three signing class, well, now four signing classes are going to end up being one. I think uh, the middle one was like seven, Mm -hmm. two, and then this year is going to be at worst three, probably one or two. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) They they just keep – keep reloading yes yeah time after time and who i mean honestly like who wouldn't want to go play for dawn i personally would love to go play for dawn but she's not recruiting (laughs) interns at gamecock central um well bomb before we get you out of here looking ahead at this schedule obviously still plenty of ball left to be played but um um, couple game. Give me a couple games that excite you. Obviously, they've got Utah at home. Um, they got to play LSU well, still. Utah's um, in Connecticut, so that that's oh, going to be okay, a yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, they've got a a little bit of a break coming up. Um, hold on, let me pull it up so that I I don't uh, end up butchering the whole thing. Yeah. Um, they've got a little bit of a break coming up with uh, Clemson tomorrow night and then uh, South Dakota State and Mississippi Valley State are the next two, a couple of, of bye games. And then uh, there's going to be a fun weekend at the end of the month. They uh, they do the Tobacco Road uh, two-step going to North Carolina and Duke over a long weekend. North Carolina's really good. Um, they returned just about everybody from a team that was really good last year. They had a few big time additions in the portal. So that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Duke is always a, a good matchup just because it's, you know, you get to go to Cameron and then uh, Utah on the, on December 10th, that one's up in Connecticut. Um, that's, that's probably the next one you circle and say, this is the big test. North, North Carolina is going to be tough. Duke can be tough, but, but Utah, Utah lost last night. Um, but they would, that should still be a top 10 game. Um, we, I got to see Utah a little bit last, last year in the tournament because they were also in green Greenville. Yeah. Uh, Utah's weakness is that they are very dependent on one player, uh, and but it's one very good player. It's Allison Peely, I think is how you say her name. 
Uh, mm-hmm. She was the Pac-12 player of the year last year. She had foul trouble against uh, Baylor, was it, uh, last night. Um, and when and she had foul trouble in their tournament loss also. And when she gets in foul trouble like that, they just don't have – they don't have something else to go to. Um, so that – and that's – that's one where again you look at you we talked about Chloe and Ashlyn and, and Fagan and uh and and obviously Camilla. That's it's another situation where USC is going to be able to to run player after player at her. And it, yeah. even if they don't draw fouls, they'll try to wear her down. And she's not the longest player, so I think because uh, Chloe and Ashlyn are very long, they have very long arms and they feel you feel their defensive presence, whether they're right up on you or not. So they're going to present a real challenge for her. So it should be a really good game. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. And I mean, I think one of the benefits, another one of the benefits of this year's team is Dawn has a lot of different lineups that she can plug and play just because she has a lot of versatile players like the Chloe kids, Ashlyn Watkins, Mm -hmm. that she can, you know, pretty much guard anything. Um, You know, you have a strong point guard that's scoring a bunch. You can guard that small forward and center, put Camilla on her. Um, so I think that is what will be, you know, kind of the difference going forward for this team. Um, just being able to, you know, throw it in different sets, you know, being able to guard guard in different sets and, and also run offense out of different sets. It's a very multi-dimensional team. Yeah. Um, it's everybody's almost everybody's a, a capable ball handler and, and distributor. It's, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier. It's, it's, it's the the way the, that basketball is changing yeah. at all levels of male, female, you know, NBA down to Division Three is the positionless uh, face-up jump shooting, mm-hmm. and and we're seeing that evolution happen with this roster because it that last season's roster wasn't necessarily built that way. This year it is. And I mean, we haven't even talked about the, the two most experienced players, which is, you know, Bree Hall and Camilla Cardoso. So yeah. That's how much depth they have. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I fully went into the show knowing we weren't going to be able to talk about everyone, um, <laughs> you know, because they are so deep and they're all really, really, really good. Like, anyone can go off on a given night and whatever the matchups bring. Because, I mean, I, th- I think Chloe Kitts and Ashton Watkins showed that against Maryland, right? Like, Mm-hmm. Having them go off and and have really good games against a quality opponent like that proves to you like how deep they really are and like I said have people that can go off whenever needed right like you don't have to rely on your stars for this team they're all really 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 good and obviously tonight with the signing of Joyce Edwards they're getting even better um and for years to come so it's it's really exciting to see well bomb you're the man thank you for joining us mm-hmm. where can everyone find you you want to plug your Twitter uh, it's Chris Wellbaum, and it is still Twitter. I refuse to acknowledge the rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. As always, we'll have you on a little bit later in the season. Update us, as always. But you're the man. Follow him for Thanks. all of the Gamecock women's basketball coverage this season. He's the man. Nobody knows it better than him. Wellbaum, thank you, as always. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. As we are rejoined Thanks, by my co-host, Jack Veltry. Jack. How's it going? Yeah, it's been a, been a while since you had me on, I feel like. so. Yeah, I'm I know, honored, right? It's I'm been, honored to be back. Yeah. Sorry. So uh, sorry I've kind of been 
off the radar for it's a few okay. minutes if you're watching. Um, been making some buffalo chicken dip at home for dinner. So, uh, you know, nice and yummy. It's about done. But um, nice. we'll, we got, we'll talk some hoops real quick for men's and uh, yeah. we'll get on out of here. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And- Please, for, for for it's worth noting that I didn't get an invite over for Buffalo Chicken Dip, by the way. Well, honestly, um, honestly it's a one-man show here. So, yeah, uh, see, that's, I'm, not, that's I'm, not, I'm not even sharing with my buddy. So he's, that's, uh, that's brutal. He's, he's on his own. That is, that is brutal. Either way, obviously, the fighting quarter zips, as they are known on Twitter, Lamont Paris' squad is playing some pretty good basketball, Jack. So far, so good, huh? Yeah, man. This team is just – a ton of fun to watch, to be honest. Um, yeah. 3-0 to start the season. Uh, I know Monday's game was a little sloppy. Um, you really didn't play overly well, I, I don't think, against a, a VMI team that's – look, they went 7-25 last year. They are they have a new head coach this season. They're not that good, but at the same time, we don't, we don't know much about these teams yet, but South Carolina went through a little bit of adversity. They didn't play overly well. They – came off an emotional victory against Virginia Tech the other night, but they still managed to have enough hot streaks to get the job done and move to 3-0 on the year. So you have to be very excited about this team. I mean, look, compare, I'll just be straight up. Compared to last year, last year's team was not fun to watch, to be honest. Just no. uh, on-the-court drama, off-the-court drama, whatever the case might be. I'm not going to get into specifics here. That's not what we're about. But just not a fun team to watch. But this year, just – it seems like the new guys on the team are just bringing some better energy, fresh energy to the to this program, and they're getting the job done so far. Say say what you want about how they played, but they're three and zero, so there's not much to complain about there. Yeah, I mean, like Jack said, I, I think this team is streaky enough to get the job done. And one thing that this team is really good at, I forget who said it, but um, if if you're watching and, and said this to me, credit to you, but. Um, they, they were talking about how in late game situations, this offense just kind of puts the car in neutral and just goes right. Just with the flow and everything, they're good at, you know, winding the game down. And we saw that Lamont a little bit at Chattanooga. He was really good at that. And just, you know, game management down the stretch, he's finding a way to get these guys to play for him. I think that was the biggest thing for me last year, right. Was, you know, in your first year, you want to see your coach. I mean, it's, it's really hard in college basketball, especially in that first year when you have a revolving door of guys coming in and out, you don't necessarily know, and obviously Gigi Jackson, one and done. Players like that that are only going to be with your program for a year or two, it's really hard to get those kind of guys to play for you. Um, so now this year with Lamont, what he's trying to do is build the program up. Like I, I believe Jamie was on last year. We had him on last year one time, and he said this. He's like, you want to see everyone bought in from start to finish in years like this because you're trying to build the program. You're trying to build up basically whatever you can – you know build for the future because you have guys that are going to be sticking around right and then you're recruiting too so you want to have some slight improvement but jack i mean three and oh and also really fun to watch they're playing like a team as well i think is another change from last season um you know i think again like i said since it is such a revolving door of guys in year one i think you know it's going to be hard to share the basketball everyone wants to be out to get themselves I think it was mutual across the board. I'm not pinpointing it on one player who specifically did that at all, even though you guys, like, you could, like, I'm, I'm not saying that. I think it's really hard. But they're playing as a team, plain and simple. A um, lot of really, really good players on this team. Um, Jack, I guess, what what are you seeing? Who's standing out to you? Um, obviously, Jamie talked about Talon Cooper, but who else really standing out? I think – the well, first off, the starting five, I think, is just 
very good so far. Yeah. With the and it's a little early to tell, and this might be a hot take. I don't know. What the, I don't know what the case is, but I just I'm not overly. Uh, Stephen Clark's all right. I think I don't know. The problem is, who else do you put in at that at, at that five position? Because he's an undersized center forward. Yeah. He's playing as a center, so he's kind of undersized in that aspect. And he's not playing a ton of minutes. He starts the game, but then he only only he only plays like. 15 maybe center was I the mean, one position this team was lacking yeah right and, that, and we knew that we knew that yeah this we did that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah 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 it was kind of like that last year even with Gigi jackson and hayden brown you didn't have a true center on this team um but it's like i just don't i i don't understand why clark's still getting run out there to start if he's only going to play limited minutes you know what i mean like yeah oh yeah absolutely and maybe, maybe it's a thing with like oh josh gray comes better off the bench or um or Zach Davis, who could probably play the five two since he's got some good size, um, he might come better off the bench. I don't know. What the, I don't know what the case is, but it's still early, so I'm not going to jump to any conclusions. Um, but getting back to what we were talking about with who's impressed me, just those new transfers: Miles Studi, Talon Cooper, BJ Mack. Uh, they've been really impressive so far. Mack obviously had the game winner in Friday's win over Vatek. Um, and then Studi, I mean, that, that, he's an unsung hero in that game, to be honest. Dog. Yeah. I think he had maybe 21 points in that game against Virginia Tech. I mean, Mac gets all the credit because he had that last shot. And, he, and to be fair, he did shoot the ball very well. But Studi, man, he he got he he got them started and was hitting those threes consistently. So, yeah, those are some guys I'm very impressed with. And then if Talon Cooper's defense can come along like I think it will, mm-hmm then he might be the best player on this team at the end of the day because he we know he can shoot. We know he can drive to the hoop and make some plays happen. But if his defense can catch up, man, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. So yeah. those are the guys that I'm just very impressed with so far. And then Michi Johnson, he he he's he could still do his thing. Three G. Yeah, three G. I feel like we're still I feel like we're still missing the full three G though. I feel like yeah. he's yeah. He's had a little bit of up and down to start the year, but I think once like Clemson, uh, ECU, those kind of games roll around SEC play, he's got to okay. warm up a little bit, right? And, and I think, to... oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You have to understand too. There's a big difference with this team compared to last year. Last year, very big. It was yes. Michi and Gigi. Yes. Now, I think personally, this is just me. I think not having Gigi on the team is a lot better for them. They just. They could spread the floor a lot more, get more shots up instead of, oh, yeah, you need to give Gigi 20 shots a game. And then you'd also just take the drama off the floor and stuff. So, um, But Michi coming back, though, this year was big. And I know he's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, but I think he's definitely going to heat up. But it's good that you have other guys around him that can make up for his missed shots. Yes. That's, that's the big thing that was kind of missing last year. Like last year's team, I I don't think they would have beaten Virginia Tech. I think they would have correct. Yeah, oh, they would have yeah. fallen apart like they always did in the last few minutes last year and given the game away. But this year's team, you have the guys to make up for anyone that's having a bad night. Yeah, you have veterans that can ball, man. Like plain and simple. Like Talon Cooper, Miles Studi, those guys can absolutely hoop, and I think that's what you need, right? Like last year, no offense to Hayden Brown, but Hayden Brown was not as talented as a guy like Talon Cooper. In terms of a veteran who's been there before, can also play really well. But like you need veterans that can also just ball out on on your on your team as you're building up this program. And I think Studi and Talon Cooper are both really, really, really good. Um, and 
you know, have potential. And also I think, you know, they kind of level out the three chi, right? Like I think the, the Meech, like we, Meechie Johnson to get going, you need him to be a little swaggy. You need him to be chucking, you know, maybe take some questionable threes within reason, obviously, but you need him to kind of feel like himself, play like himself and as balanced as Studi and, and Cooper have been playing. I think that's huge for this backcourt. And then obviously in the front court, South Carolina needs Josh Gray to step up, man. Like I, last year it was a little bit like, okay, he's got the training wheels. Josh Gray has a size to, you know, be a really good big. And the um, rebound, you might I add. He's a hell of a rebounder. Yeah, very, very good rebounder. And you just, you're waiting for him to step up, right? It's, it's time to take the training wheels off. Josh Gray, like go be the man because playing next to, playing next to um, BJ Mack, it's like, you know, you have a, a partner in crime next to you. Go do your thing. Go rebound. Go block shots. Like, go be a big man. And you have a partner in crime. You've got a backcourt that's going to get you the ball. Like, it's set up for you to go, go, you know, be the man. And so it's it's time for Josh Gray to do that. And, I like, I'm sure he's – like, I'm not calling out Josh Gray, but it, it, it is time to step up, right? Like, this is the one one area that this team needs. And, sure, he's been banged up and whatnot. I, I get that. Uh, but this team needs a center to step up. And, you know, it's Josh Gray's time. Probably. Um, that might be why might be why he's coming off the bench. But hey, yeah. nothing wrong with no, no, nothing wrong with constructive criticism around here. Yeah. Uh, we tell it how it is. So I mean, look, Josh Gray, he I, I, he had an illness the other day um in yeah. Charlotte. So that's why I was like he's oh, gonna God, ease Gray. into it too. Like I I, yeah. I firmly expect him to be the guy. Right. We saw sparks of it last year where, I mean, I believe it was the Arkansas game where Josh Gray came in, had a bunch of blocks, bunch of rebounds and just really held his own in the paint. So it's it's going to take him a little bit to get get going. But I mean, I think Lamont still believes in him. The team still believes in him. He they just do. he's got to get going. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Jag, uh, what uh, like you've been obviously watching this team. What has impressed you about Lamont so far this season? I think just. How do I say it? Um, I think just the demeanor he has. Yeah. Just the way he's coached this team. I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, there, I, there hasn't really been a moment yet where things have gotten, like, super tough. So yeah. when South Carolina eventually does lose a game, which could happen relatively soon, shoot, it could happen tomorrow night, honestly, if we're being real. Um, even though DePaul is not a very good team, just heading out west Long might have that, trip, that, yeah. that lingering effect. So when this team goes through a few losses, like they probably will at some point, especially in SEC play, that's when we'll have a better idea of what kind of progression Lamont has made as, as a coach in year two. Um, I think he did a fine job last year with what he had to work with. But with more talent, I think – is it fair to say this team should potentially make the NIT? Like – with the way they're playing, I mean, I don't it's know. Out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, with the way that the NIT's kind of changed, and they're going to beat some good teams this year, Jack. Exactly. I think. Exactly. If they can play together, and like I think that's what we're seeing. And I, I, I love the point on Lamont's demeanor. I think he, this is kind of what he wanted to do last year, but with the characters and personalities, not just Gigi, but everyone on that team. Um, taking the approach he has this year is, is a little hard. Um, so, you know, I think this year, like guys are bought in. It's just, it's not as intense. You're not as micromanaging. You kind of just get to, you know, have your guys play your style of basketball and play for you. I think that's huge. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, 
it's a little, I, it, it really is too early just to tell just about everything, honestly. Yeah. Like, we could say this team's making the NCAA tournament, honestly. Oh, but, yeah. But it's way too early to tell and probably yeah. won't happen. But it just goes – it's just an example. But that goes with saying everything about this team. You know, Lamont, I think in the long run, I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy to – get them to where they want to go, which is the NCAA tournament tournament and contending in the SEC. I'm not sure yet. It's a, it's way too early to yeah. tell, that, but I think he's the right guy to deal with this type of situation. He's got, you know, less drama on the team, less egos, just, just basketball, man. And I think that's what he wants to do. And he's not the outlandish outgoing kind of, kind of dude. I don't think, I think he's the, more humble kind of you know laid back kind of guy to players coaches. coach yes players coach and we're gonna we're gonna get to these recruits in a second but i mean that's why that's why these guys are committing to him i think in my opinion just the way like they want to play for a guy that's gonna have their back and all that sort of stuff yeah year two i, I think this is the foundation year for lamont like lay out which what kind of coach you want to be how you want to coach this and like, I mean, he's he's beaten good basketball teams. So it's, I mean, the basketball side of things is good. Um, but yeah, Jack, I mean, the jury's still out on if he's necessarily the guy. But I mean, this season, the way this, uh, it's way too early to tell what how it's going to end up. But the way this team is playing, it's you know team basketball, and obviously you need a couple guys to step up in certain spots. But um, yeah, so far so good for this year's team. Jack, you mentioned the recruits. Obviously, South Carolina had a big one today. You want to walk me through those? Yeah, y'all thought we were going to go the whole 50 minutes so far without talking about the main uh, main man. You thought this was just a Joyce Edwards show, man. Look out for Eli Ellis, man. That is a uh, that is a that is a big get for South Carolina. Um, in case you missed it uh, in the last hour here, um, the four-star guard um, out of North Carolina, Hickory to be exact, committed to South Carolina and Lamont Paris. It's just a really good get for this guy, man. I mean. Lamont has done a hell of a job, I think, recruiting and bringing in the talent. And I, like I said before, I think the players that he's bringing in are buying into what he's selling. He is just, he is a player's coach, but I think he's also a man with a plan. Like he's yes. like I mean, most it, any coach out there should have a good plan. Um, but it's about all about execution and stuff and what you've got planned down the road. And I think Lamont is a guy that wants to build a winning team. He know I think he knows just about as well as any of us that it's not happening overnight, but when you get guys like Eli Ellis, Trent Noah, Oku Federico, other guys like that, you're really setting yourself up for success in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And I think obviously recruiting is half the battle for Lamont. Um so so far so good. Um you know, it, it it's trending upwards, and I, I I think this kid is part of the reason why. Um, you know, Ellis is talented. You need point guards, in this, especially in this system, guys that are bought in, like Jack said, um, and I think Ellis is no exception. Um, seems bought in, and, you know, getting a guy, um, you know, at this point in the recruiting cycle, I think that's big, um, very, very big for South Carolina basketball. And the thing with Ellis is um, – I'll mention a few more other things about him since yeah. we kind of just scratched the surface with him. He yeah. is – so his – he's the fourth best prospect in uh, the state of North Carolina and then 17th best point guard in the country. Um, a reminder, he is he's going to be with the class of 2025. 20, so it's a little early for him to commit. 
Um, but at the end of the day, it is a good sign that South Carolina ended up getting him, and you lock him up now compared to you know wait the waiting game and stuff. And, and we'll see what happens with him. But that's very good that they got him early. Um, but the other thing with um, Ellis, you know, he's a great basketball player and all. I think he has a ton of confidence. Um, I mean, he, he's spoken on three about, you know, how he can be an electric shooter and stuff and how he plays with a lot of confidence. He's a scrappy kind of dude, talks a lot of trash right off the bat. And I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're going to be similar players. I haven't watched um, Ellis a ton other than just writing about him and stuff. But, um, you know, he kind of just sounds like a Michi Johnson type of guy, like a raw, raw kind of guy that's going to go out and score and let you know about it, which, I think I think can honestly benefit this team well in a few years, especially if they get kind of good, because um, then you can back up the trash talk and all that. But um, yeah, and then with Ellis, um, he's got a pretty big following on social media. Which throughout the bat, you might be like Jack, what are you talking about? What does that have to do with anything? But um, when you have a million followers on between TikTok and Instagram, and the way social media has kind of just I didn't know this. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah. He's a he's a big uh, social media star. So when with the way social media kind of impacts everything nowadays, it's true. Yeah, it, it just it the getting a guy with a, with an already established brand will bring in other names. Just I think just right off the bat, you'll get guys that want to come play for South Carolina and stuff like that. And it's an underrated factor of his commitment. I mean, his on the court play is what really matters at the end of the day. You could be you you could be a, a, a social media star and and suck at suck at scoring and stuff, and it make it it doesn't help. But yeah. when he's able, if he's able to play well and then have that kind of background, I think it'll really benefit him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Jack, you want to talk about our sponsors before we get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Our first sponsor is none other than our good friends over at Liberty Tax. Tax anxiety is an uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax in Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time if you're in a hurry for your refund. Call on the tax team at Liberty Tax. They are fast, accurate, and guaranteed. If you think you might be owing Uncle or Uncle Sam, call on the tax team. At Liberty Tax to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood. Open 9 to 9 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents. And when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call on your screen right now. And for those listening, 803-462-5576. Once again, 803-462-5576. For all of your tax needs and our good friend, Clint Hammond is our next sponsor. Clint Hammond over there at the Movement Mortgage Network. He's the man. Um, give him a call. And, and uh, if you are in need of help with your mortgage, call our friend Clint Hammond of the Movement Mortgage Network. He's been in the mortgage industry since 2003, which allows him to help everyone from the first time home buyer to the complicated and complex jumbo buyer. Whether you're looking for a new home or purchase a new home or refinance. Nothing is more important than a well-thought-out financial strategy that comes with five-star customer service. He's even helped out our very own Wes Mitchell and former quarterback Perry Orth for their mortgages. So give our guy Clint a call. He's always above us on the Gamecock Central Live programming and all of our podcasts, 803-771-6933. Once again, 803-771-6933 for all of your mortgage needs. 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's edition of The Hard Foul, Season 2, Episode 2. Uh, Jack, it was a pretty fun episode. We got the rundown from Wellbaum, and then uh, we're able to cover, you know, all of South Carolina men's basketball. So far, so good. Um, and then, obviously, the big signing um, for the 2025 class. But like I said, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, let us know in the comments or on Twitter um, if you guys like this live form or if we should keep just releasing it podcast form either way works for us, but let us know, hit us up um, next show. I believe there is a GC live tomorrow. And then obviously Mike, you and I will be live for the GC live post game show following South Carolina and Kentucky on Saturday night. Well, I hope you guys have a good evening. Good rest of your week. We will see you next week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.